0: Good morning, Figgy Goddess, and welcome to another episode of the My Figgy Life podcast. Just to uh, give a little bit of a disclaimer for this episode, I have a little touch of the flu, so my voice is not at its best. So please bear with me because I have a wonderful guest that is on the podcast today talking about sensitive versus sensitized skin and you know if you're part of the figgy community this is a huge topic for us that we are always discussing
1: welcome goddess to your sacred space this is my figgy life podcast where we openly discuss life's wins and losses on our journeys to self-discovery this is your best life this is your figgy life and now here is your host jean
0: I'm so excited to welcome Cheryl Hazen to the My Figgy Life podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much. I want to take some time to quickly introduce you to our audience. Cheryl is a certified aesthetic nurse with 12 years experience in aesthetic lasers, injectables, and skincare. Her passion is to help people look their best. She prides herself in developing a trusting relationship with people by educating them them to the best of her ability and today she gets to educate Us, how lucky are we? Figgy goddess, you know from my blog posts, from our skincare line, from the podcast, I have dry, sensitive skin, and our line is specifically for those with dry and sensitive skin. But we need to explore a little bit more. What exactly is sensitive skin? Do you have sensitive skin, or is there a possibility that you could have sensitized or perhaps reactive skin? And Cheryl is going to help us answer all of those questions. day. That's right. What is the difference between sensitive and sensitized skin? Is there even a difference?
1: Not really. I think what it comes down to is an issue of the skin barrier. So the skin barrier is the top layer of skin. And if you think about it like a tight lattice network, it's composed of free fatty acids, cholesterols, and lipids. It allows some of our skincare products to sink down to where they need to be. But it doesn't allow them to sink down farther than where they're not supposed to go. Because if they sink down farther than where they're intended to go, then it causes things like irritation. The skin barrier, because it's composed of three different things, it's easy sometimes for that ratio to get off which then allows that lattice of our skin barrier to open up. And so that's where we get the term sensitive from, is that the barrier is is easily compromised. And so we get things easy, like irritation or sensitized skin, where we feel like we can't use any other products, but maybe a cleanser and a moisturizer because we just don't tolerate anything else.
0: I have such a frustration in terms of this. I feel like, especially in the recent couple of years, we hear a lot of people say, oh, I have sensitive skin. Yeah. or uh, And it feels like it's almost the, the go-to diagnosis, yeah. your self-diagnosis <laughs> for your skin. <laughs> yeah. So when people like me that really do have very sensitive skin, end up at our facialists or our estheticians or even our dermatologists, it's almost like I, I have to try and convince them that I have sensitive skin, which is why I'm so big on educating our community on what that really is and what it looks like. So can you maybe tell us what are the common things that you would see in sensitive skin? How will it present itself? So sensitive skin presents itself is often dry, presents itself
1: as unable to tolerate simple things like I I might see a sensitive person say, I don't tolerate lactic acid, glycolic acid. Some of the most common things you see in the quote unquote beauty industry for anti-aging skincare is it doesn't tolerate retinols, things like that. It's more prone to the dry, the itchy, the red, the irritation. And so I often tell my sensitive people, you're kind of lucky because you don't have to spend as much on skincare because you don't tolerate it. Not to say that you can't Build up your skin barrier to be able to tolerate those things eventually, but it takes a little bit of work and patience. Patience is the big key. I think because we live in such instant gratification society nowadays, people use it for a
0: week and they think, okay, my skin should be better. And that's just not the case. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I actually, we just did a podcast last week on exactly that. You know, you have to give your skincare time. It's a journey. Yes. It's not a marathon. <laughs> it's, it's like I use the gym
1: a lot as a reference. You know, let's say somebody wants to lose five pounds. You can't go into the gym for a week and expect to lose five pounds in a week. It doesn't work like that. And it's not healthy. And oftentimes you see the people who binge, whether it be fitness or skincare, you often see them rebound in the opposite direction, right? They might get their skin looking green great within a week. And then a month later, you think, well, gosh, your skin looked great a week ago, but now it looks terrible because it's not sustainable. And so you're right. Skincare is absolutely a journey. And I think the easiest thing is to start small, so to speak, where we start with just the basics, a cleanser, a moisturizer, and sunscreen. And over time, we work up as our skin tolerates. And as as we continue to work up, what we have to remember too, is that everybody's biome meaning their bacteria and their skin is different so what works for one person is not always going to work for the next person because their biome is different
0: still staying on the topic of sensitive skin you were saying that it reacts a little bit more than other skin types it's usually dry Correct. the itchiness the redness and and all of those things i for example have panic disorder and i realized that a big let's say symptom of my anxiety is how it interacts with my skin which I also think is maybe a big reason of why I have such sensitive skin because when I have these panic flare-ups I feel it and I see it in my skin (laughs) for sure for sure because one of the things that
1: happens when we have those kind of panic attacks I struggle with anxiety myself is that our cortisol levels raise, and our and cortisol as a hormone is inflammatory, right? And so anytime we have an inflammatory hormone circulating in our body, it's going to show up on our skin. Our skin is the largest organ meant to protect us. And so whether it's inflammation from an external source or inflammation from an internal source, it's going to show up on our skin.
0: Why do we see so many references in the skincare conversation? You know, our community will also know I'm not a big fan of TikTok influencers. I could not and all agree of that. More. Because- I could not agree more.
1: <laughs> I have a 14-year-old daughter who comes and says, Mom, I should use this for skincare. And I always want to say, but Maddie, I have access to all the best skincare, but she won't use it because I'm the old mom and I'm not cool because it's on a TikTok.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's not trending. That's right. It's not viral. That's enough, right. So. That's right. <laughs> but we see a lot of references to sensitive versus sensitized skin. Can you maybe just explain to us why do they separate these two concepts like this? What are they trying to explain are the differences between the two? I
1: don't know. In my world, we don't use the difference between sensitive and sensitized skin. In my world, you're sensitive, you're normal, or you're oily. And so for me, a sensitive is a sensitized. It's the same thing. The terms are interchanged.
0: Are there some instances in terms of especially dry, sensitive skin where there could be things that are triggering the current flare-up that if removed, it can make it better? What are these things that we can look out for? It's
1: hard because then it also depends on if there's disease underlying disease process like rosacea or eczema things like that. It's interesting. Um, I've been doing a lot of research actually on skincare lately, and what they're finding is any kind of inflammation is going to predispose your skin to basically opening up that barrier a little bit more. And so, especially for the sensitive skin type, opening up that barrier is going to predispose you more to the irritation or if you have underlying eczema things like that and so the goal really should be to reduce the inflammation and restore the barrier and that makes you less sensitized i guess or end up being less sensitive because your barrier is more intact and so we're really finding that the skin barrier is really the key to everything because if your skin barrier is intact not only do we have less sensitive skin but actually we we Our aging process slows down because it's less inflamed because inflammation, again, is a precursor to early aging. So if our barrier is intact, then we also allow less UV damage because that barrier is kind of airtight. We actually get less acne, all of these things that we're plagued by that drive us nuts are bear- better when our barrier is intact and our inflammation is reduced both externally and internally.
0: And when you're talking about the skin barrier, just for our listeners, this means really that layer of skin that helps keep all of the moisture and hydration in and all the bad stuff out, right? So if it's compromised, you got it's it. not It's not a good thing. You got right? it.
1: So I, I, the best analogy I can give you is if you get a small paper cut and you look at it and you think, oh, it's not that deep, that might be just a little, like a little compromise barrier, right? It heals within a couple of days, you don't really notice it. If you get a bigger paper cut and you think, oh, that really hurt, and you can see it on the skin, That would be the equivalent to a bigger compromise and barrier where you're going to see more of that inflammation, irritation. And for some people, it comes up as an acne breakout. That's what a compromised barrier looks like. And so what happens is we want to fix it right away, right? So if we get the dry sensitive person who gets that red and irritated skin from a compromised barrier, they think, okay, I'm going to put cortisone cream on it because it itches or something. And what happens is that we put all this extra stuff on it and it just further compromises the barrier. And then we get frustrated because our skin doesn't look the way it wants to do when actually what we need to do, the probably the most important thing is to restore that barrier. And for everybody, it looks a little bit different. I would say for my dry, sensitive people, I tell them, Don't put anything else in your skin but aquaphor because aquaphor or some kind of occlusive ointment is going to prevent water evaporating from your skin. Because I think what people forget is that our skin as the largest organ is primarily compromised of water. And so the skin is actually able to repair itself really, really well so long as it doesn't lose water via evaporation. And so those ointment type products will occlude the skin to prevent water evaporating and then your skin can actually heal itself. But the healing process is different for everybody, right? If I have a bad paper cut, I'm going to heal a little bit differently than you. And so that time frame is going to look different for everybody. For me, it might be four days. For you, it might be eight days. And so that becomes the challenge is that people want to jump the gun too soon. And they think, okay, it looks better. I'm going to do it. But they do it too soon. And then they just break the barrier down. And then they fight. They have this constant fighting battle of, I can't get my skin looking the way I want it to look because they don't allow their barrier to restore itself.
0: I have like a two-parter question on that for you. The, f- the first one is basically, how would you know or what are the most common signs that you would see to indicate that your skin barrier may be compromised and you may need to go see your esthetician or your derm? That's a great question. So if you are typically using some kind of anti-aging product at all, vitamin C,
1: you know, anything. And I always include- Retinol. Yes, retinol, glycolic acid, lactic acid. And you have to be really conscientious about reading the back of the labels on these skincare products because even if you buy them over the counter, they'll sneak those ingredients in there, which can compromise your barrier, right? And so the first sign that I tell people to look for is slight burning upon application. If it's burning, that's a sign that that product is penetrating deeper than what it's intended to go. And so you're feeling that burning and that's telling you, your skin is giving you a clue, it's penetrating too deep, I don't like this. And so your first move after that should be to wash it off the skin and to only apply a moisturizer.
0: And if you now have seen that you do have a compromised skin barrier, you told us that you can use products like Aquifer and stick with that and just apply that. I know that many of our listeners will then automatically ask you, but this is such an <laughs> occlusive product, it is. isn't it going to make my break out? Right, so, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a great, I get that all the time. Because I do laser treatments too. And And some of these laser treatments, I have to have them in an ointment. They say, but I don't want to use an ointment because I'm going to break out from it. And what happens is, is that yes, you might get a temporary quote unquote breakout. It's actually not a true breakout. It's an acne-like breakout. It's part of the process from which the skin goes to restoring its barrier. It's always temporary. It's always self-limiting. So it will restore itself once your barrier gets back on track. I actually just went through... very same process i used a new retinol from my friend's skincare line and on the fourth day of using it i thought to myself something's not right my skin is swelling it just doesn't feel right and i was stuck in an occlusive aquaphor type ointment for six straight days after that (laughs) you know and i walk in to see my patients and i said hey sorry i'm a little greasy today my barrier is completely wiped So this is what I'm doing. And I fought with getting my barrier back on track for a solid three weeks after I went through almost a week of ointment. But sometimes it'll take that long to get your barrier back on track. And what happened is, is that I I knew after six days that my barrier was better because I could tolerate a moisturizer without it burning. So I I thought to myself, okay, I know I'm better-ish. All I did at that point was cleansed, used my moisturizer and sunscreen. And then for three weeks, I would have these random kind of red, they looked like pimples, they weren't really pimples that kept breaking out. Probably within the last week, it finally stopped doing that. My skin is like, okay, we're back on track. It can take a solid month though, to get your barrier back to where it needs to be. And now this week, I've started adding in what I'm typically used to my vitamin C, my low dose retinol at night, things like that but it took a solid month.
0: I think this is why I feel so strongly about the social media skincare conversation because especially if you have sensitive skin, you have to be so careful what you use on your skin and how you use it because it really is sometimes an excruciating journey. It very much is. To get yourself back. Yeah. And
1: I think what we also don't understand and what's not broadcast on social media because it's not a very glamorous topic is, is the idea that we all have bacteria in our skin. They're supposed to be there, they're good. And everybody's biome, so to speak, or bacteria on their skin is a little bit different person to person. And these bacteria are good in that they create a good living environment for your skin to help maintain its barrier. They actually secrete their own antioxidants and things like that. But because my biome is different from somebody else's, I might tolerate a product Well, and then if I recommend it to my friend who has a different biome, they may not tolerate it well. And so that's why I'm very passionate about telling people, hey, we need to start small, you know, you start with a cleanser and a moisturizer. And once you get settled on that for six to eight weeks, then we can add in an anti-aging product where we feel like we're targeting an issue. Maybe it's pigment, maybe it's redness or something like that. And we have to go slow because again, we have to make sure that it's going to work within your biome because if it starts to cause irritation. Clearly it's not working with your skin.
0: It speaks to how we are as a society at the moment. We're in a very much a cycle of we want things now. Absolutely. And we want it immediately. Yeah, absolutely. And we do this with our skincare as well. And unfortunately, what that translates to is, oh, this is not working for me. I'm just going to try something new yep. when you've barely had the product for a month. And that makes it even messier. Absolutely. Because,
1: no. Absolutely. I was guilty of that before I got into this industry. I mean, I probably had no less than 15 different over-the-counter yeah, cosmetics too. underneath my cabinet. Just... I would use it for a week, and I'm like, "This isn't working. I had no idea that any of you know any of this information existed or that, that it was a real thing.
0: If we're talking about sensitive skin and we combine it with a dry skin type, why do so many dry skin types tend to be so sensitive?
1: I think, again, it's this issue of barrier. It's funny, I was reading something last night that was talking about cleansers. We don't think we, we think that cleansers aren't glamorous. We don't really talk about cleansers. And all of us love the foamy cleansers. You know, we put them in our hands and we, we get them all sudsy and foamy and we wash our face with it. And what I was reading is that the surfactants in these cleansers actually break down the oils in the barrier so for somebody with a really dry skin type you actually might do you actually might do better with like a lotion type cleanser that doesn't suds it's not going to be glamorous because you're going to feel like it's not a normal soap because it doesn't suds up that actually might be somebody better for somebody with dry skin because you're not stripping the oils in the barrier you actually might have a little bit easier time maintaining your barrier and then feeling less dry, feeling like you're less sensitive.
0: I just also want to talk about this because this is really important in terms of dry skin. We have two things that we can lack in our skin, which is water and oil. Correct. So dry skin is lacking the oil, right? Correct. Yep. So a lot of times in oily skin, sometimes
1: they're actually lacking the water. And so I'll put them on a product like a hyaluronic acid that will give moisture down a little bit deeper, but they don't need the oil component of a moisturizer. Most moisturizers are intended to replace oils in the skin barrier. And so for like my oily people, obviously they don't need a moisturizer that has oil in it because they already create enough oil themselves. But for dry people, they tend to lack the oil component, which is why they need a moisturizer.
0: When we talk about skin, we always think our first thing that we go to, obviously is skincare but so much more goes into having good skin and looking after your sensitive skin than just the skincare of course you need to absolutely please use the correct skincare but it's all internal there's a lot that goes on yeah I mean our lives are so rushed Mm -hmm. we don't live in many of us don't live in environments where we have great clean air Yep, it's filled with pollution. There's just so much that goes into that. Do you have any tips for us on how to create good daily habits to ensure we do the best we can? So
1: obviously drinking water is number one. And I will tell you, I am not always great
0: about it. We do the best
1: we can. And then obviously anything we put in our bodies, because good skin has to come both internally and externally right so internally from the things that we consume food liquids things like that and then obviously external would be our skincare one of the physicians that i used to work for would always say everything in in moderation including moderation i think the more we can do to make better food choices obviously the better our skin is going to be but obviously it's not always you can't always make the perfect choice right life gets in the way work kids just life in general gets busy so we make the best choices we can when we can make them and then obviously skincare goes into it. The other thing I would think I would say would be manage stress management. I can tell you how many times I see patients in the clinic and they're either having an acne breakout or they're having a flare-up of their eczema or something. And you know, we're kind of going through, what does your skincare regimen look like? What are you consuming from a dietary perspective? And then we get into, has anything changed in your life? Is there a new stressful event? Um, and that's often almost always the case. And so I will be the first to tell you that I myself am terrible at stress management, (laughs) but it may, yeah, it may, it, it really does make a difference. I think, you know, even if you have a stressful life event, to do your best at trying to manage that stress because inevitably it almost always shows up on your skin in some way, shape or form. And so that becomes another big component to the skin as well. Because again, it's our it's our biggest organ in our body. It's the first line of defense we have. And so you'll almost always see things there.
0: I've also realized that one of the big things, I I would say one of my biggest triggers when I know I'm probably gonna have some kind of anxiety event soon. Is when I start sleeping really badly I, I yep. always see it in my sleeping pattern first and man does that show up in your sleep. yep <laughs> it sure <laughs> does it sure does it's easy to look like 10 years older <laughs> mm-hmm. when you get absolutes. absolutely well absolutely you think about somebody who you know has
1: a, a- a loss of family member or life or a big job change or a divorce or something like that. And you see that person six months later and you think, gosh, they have, they've aged a lot because that stress, if you don't manage it well, it shows up in your skin, it shows up in the way we age. And so that's why I tell people make like, stress management becomes a really big thing. And, and some it, a lot of times it takes trial and error in terms of finding what works for you to manage your stress.
0: You're listening to the My Figgy Life podcast. I have one last question for you. I think this is probably the golden question when it comes to all types of skin, <laughs> but especially with sensitive skin. We see, I don't know why, but it's a super hot topic in the skincare industry now, and that's exfoliation. You're exfoliating yeah. too much yes. or too little. You shouldn't be using this one. You should be using that one. If you have really sensitive skin, should you be exfoliating? No, absolutely not. And you have to remember, there
1: are different types of of exfoliation. There's mechanical exfoliation. There's also chemical exfoliation. So mechanical exfoliation would be like your scrubbing cleansers, which as a caveat, I will tell you, I despise those the most. They actually make little microscopic tears in your skin. And so for somebody who is sensitive, it's probably the worst thing you can do for your skin.
0: These are the products that have the little tiny balls yes. that you can the little feel on your skin. Yes, yeah. okay. they're terrible, especially for
1: the sensitive skin type. They're awful. The other way we exfoliate is using Clarisonic or even a washcloth to wash our skin with, or believe it or not, even taking the towel when we get out of the shower and rubbing our face. That's also a form of mechanical exfoliation. And so anytime you're doing that, obviously the goal of exfoliation is to rid the the skin of dead skin cells. I would say for sensitive skin type, you just don't have that buildup because you're sensitive anyway. And because you're lacking oil, you're not, you, you shed those pretty easy. So you don't really need to get rid of that. Like, they just kind of come off. You don't really need to like mechanically exfoliate them. And the more you do that, the more microscopic tears you're gonna make in your skin, which is gonna further sensitize you. The other way we make, we chemically exfoliate would be with something like a retinol or a higher percentage salicylic acid. Those are chemical exfoliants. They are intended to turn the skin over. So let's say a normal skin cell cycle is 28 days. Something like retinol salicylic acid is gonna speed up that skin turnover. And for the sensitive skin type, you don't need that because you're already dry the way it is. And those products are going to further deplete the oil in your skin. You just don't need them. So we have to remember that exfoliation comes in two different forms. And so as a sensitive skin type, we really have to be sure to minimize those Because again, they're going to strip the barrier, strip the oil, and then it's going to make your sensitive skin worse. Yeah, If you're very, very sensitive, the best thing you can do would be to use like a lotion cleanser. Use your fingertips, only your fingertips pat dry because that's the least amount of, of exfoliation. Then that becomes the issue of do I double cleanse? If you wear makeup, I would say yes, because the first cleanse is to get rid of your makeup. Second cleanse is to actually clean the skin. And then after that, it just is kind of trial and error with a moisturizer in terms of how dry are you is your barrier compromised. I would say if you're, you tend to be pretty dry, anything that has fragrance in it, anything that has anti-aging as a moisturizer, you probably need to steer clear of for a while. And then sunscreen is always, I always preach sunscreen, obviously, because we need to prevent aging. And probably the best sunscreen for a sensitive skin type is going to be a physical sunscreen. And I think that's the other key that sensitive skin types people will miss. So a physical sunscreen only has titanium, dioxide and zinc oxide in it. And as physical sunscreen, that means that we put the sunscreen on and it literally sits on top of our skin to block the sun rays. If we use a chemical sunscreen where it has like the oxybenzoate and all like those O words in it, that means that sunscreen has to sink down into our skin cause a chemical reaction in order to block the sun rays. And that chemical reaction that happens underneath the skin in order to block the rays, is also going to further irritate your skin if your barrier is compromised. So if you're gonna wear sunscreen, I often recommend a physical sunscreen. The problem with those is they tend to be a little bit thicker. So if you use a non tinted And you tend one, to look
0: like a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's like, I don't want to use it. I
1: look like a ghost. And so I think the great thing is a lot of these skincare companies are making them tinted now. You just have to really watch your product labels. Like I was in Sephora with my daughter yesterday because she talked to me into going and you know, she wants to look at one and I look at the back of it because it's got a shimmer in it and it's a chemical sunscreen, which for her teenage skin, it's probably fine. I would never be caught dead with it because I tend to be a sensitive skin type. So I don't do well with any chemical sunscreen. It actually burns really badly when I put it on my skin. So I only ever wear a physical sunscreen.
0: I also use physical sunscreens because the chemical sunscreens tend to sting a yep. lot for me. Right. Yes, and <laughs> yeah.
1: that again. So stinging is the number one indication that your barrier is compromised. Listen to your skin. Listen to your and- skin. It will yeah, tell you. please do not use Dr.
0: <laughs> Google. See a, no. st- a esthetician or a dermatologist. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right.
0: So, I always believe or I always feel like my relationship with my derm and with my esthetician is a lot like a relationship with a therapist. You really have to have a good relationship with them to see that you're having the same goals, you have the same idea of where you want your skin to go. So if our listeners are looking for an esthetician, what should they be looking for? What kind of questions should they be asking? I think it comes down to the interview of that person.
1: What kind of schooling did you go to? Do you consume advanced education on your own? You know, I think the good ones are always going to be wanting to further their education so they can help their clients more. And so for an esthetician, I would say, where did you get trained should be your number one question because the good ones are going to come from good training. And then also what's your experience? Have you worked with skincare companies? Do the skincare companies you've worked with offer you, because a lot of them will offer you education and training. They're all very good about offering those. And so for me, what I've noticed in my, the estheticians I've visited is that they are always consuming education. They always want to learn to make better choices for their clients. Find one who's passionate about skincare and always continuing to learn
0: how would we know what is a good education though is it just seeing if it they have a qualification with an accredited institution yep. or how yep. would you check that okay yeah just
1: say you know can i see your credentials and on okay. urge you, can you tell me your credentials?
0: Thank you so much for your time today. I just want to ask you if our Figgy listeners want to know more about you. Where do they yeah. go? Where do they find you? You
1: can find me on Instagram at Cheryl Hazen RN. I also just created a TikTok account at Cheryl Hazen RN as well. I haven't put a whole lot up on there yet because I know that even though I really dislike TikTok uh, because of the things I see on there, and I think, gosh, as an educational standpoint, what these young people are consuming is really not what they should be consuming. But I also understand that if I get on there, it's it's an opportunity for me to change the dynamic, to really put out the good education so that we can get people the right information. So I am on TikTok. I haven't really created a whole lot on TikTok yet. I would say Instagram is my biggest... Place. I'm also on Facebook as well at Cheryl Hazen RN.
0: Thank you so much. If you are driving, don't worry about it. I'm gonna put all of the links in the descriptions for you, so you can easily find Cheryl. Thank you so much for coming to Thank you. My Figgy I love podcast. I love
1: talking all things skin, so it's great for me.
0: Have a great day, Goddess, and we'll see you again next time on the My Figgy Life podcast.
1: The Figgy Beauty skincare line is here. The best skincare routine for your dry and sensitive skin. Figgy Scentsy Soul Regimen gives you back the power to indulge in skincare luxury without upsetting your skin's delicate balance. Finally, someone created a luxury skincare experience for goddesses with dry and sensitive skin. On sale in the U.S. now. Shop at figgy.eu.